Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's fending off teeth monsters while recording. Yeah. You can hear it's them a, in the background. I mean, you could see like some of them were molars and yeah. some of them were canines. Yeah. And just, ah. It's gross. I work in a dental office and it's just, ah. their anatomy was too good. It's, <laughs> it's the noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to a whole new Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons who haven't. So welcome to episode number 159, covering season 11, episode one, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. A title which, as I mentioned last week, you thought you understood. This is the one where the doctor, a guy who can't ride a bike, a newbie cop, and two old people get attacked by a tooth-faced monster and a half-living, half-tentacle light ball. And Earth is not a hunting ground. It is defended! Sorry, wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong wrong regeneration episode. Sorry. Hey, uh, this was story number 277, originally airing October 7th, 2018. Uh, let's see. Our last one was December 25th, 2017. So this was mm. this was not one of as I shall call it the dark times. Um, <laughs> we did have, if you if you recall, we had the year without a Doctor Who, where all we got mm-hmm. uh, between seasons was a Christmas, or not between seasons. We had a whole year where all we got was a Christmas special. So we covered two Christmas specials in a row, if you'll recall, and we oh, crammed yeah. like a timey wimey and a classic Who, and maybe something else in there to just like break it up a little bit. Um, this was not one of those dark times. But don't worry. There's more darkness to come. Yay. <laughs> we, have, um, we have upcoming another year where one episode of Doctor Who aired in the entire calendar year. And barely. <clears throat> because it was a New Year's special. Oh, wow. So you have that and then nothing for 364 days. Because if I remember correctly, the next episode that aired was New Year's the next year. Oh, my. So, yeah. Nice. And I don't I don't remember. I don't think there was much of a gap. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, we do this season. So it, it premiered in October. We go right on up to the end of the year. Then you have the New Year special. But then you have nada for one calendar year. Anywho, it aired October 7th, 2018 to, wait for it, take a deep breath, hold on to your TARDIS, because 10.95 million UK viewers and 1.37 million American viewers, North American. So like American Canada, 12 million viewers. Yeah. Now to be fair, to be fair to the ratings, I, I will continue to keep those separate if they were, if they report them, uh, because it's, it wouldn't be fair to say this did 12 million viewers. Cause it didn't like comparatively apples uh, to apples. Yeah. Because otherwise you end up saying this blew everything else out of the water by like 2 million. And that's not quite fair. So, however, it does make this the highest rated regular episode. Now, you you can't count Mm, Christmas. You can't count the 50th, right? Because if I remember correctly, either the 50th or one of the Christmas specials ended up hit dinging like 13 million, if I remember correctly. But if if you discount those, just regular season episodes, this is the highest watched highest rated episode since partners in crime do you guys even remember what that episode is no that was the return of donna in Uh, 2008 literally a decade so so what that means is and that was like uh nine point something million 
right? Uh, so this was low nines, if I remember correctly, 9.15 million or four or five million or something like that. So that means 2008, that was our high water mark. Again, barring Christmas and the 50th, that was the high water mark, and we've been below that number ever since then, until kabloom, the the marketing machine <laughs> drummed up so much enthusiasm. I, I and I will say, like, I mean, it was an international phenomenon, right? I heard more about this than I did about the 50th, and I was into Doctor Who when the 50th came about. Like I was just getting into it, but I barely heard a whisper about it. This thing would not get off of my phone. It was on Facebook feeds. It was on Google feeds. It was everywhere. Um, now this was also the highest ever premiere of a new doctor. So not only was this the highest rated regular episode, uh, I think, Oh, oh, by the way, I said it's the highest rated episode since Partners in Crime, and and it beat Partners in Crime. In other words, that's the last high watermark, mm -hmm. but it is the highest watched episode, I think, ever, certainly in New Who, and it even beat out Rose, which was 10.81 million, so 140,000 additional viewers wow. just in the UK. And I can guarantee you that there were hardly any American yeah, viewers yeah. of Rose because it was 2005 and, and we didn't have streaming the way we did now, uh, the way we do now. Something I did not write down was who wrote and directed this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just noticing that in my notes. Oh, I can wow. tell you who wrote it. I can tell you that Chris Chibnall wrote this because Chris Chibnall wrote or co-wrote every episode of this season. Oh, wow. Dude came in, like kicked the doors in, both guns blazing. Um, and it was uh, directed by Jamie Childs. And I, because I just now looked that up, I have no information on Jamie Childs, including whether or not Jamie is a man or a woman. So I can't even say he or she did this or that because I don't know. So um, maybe we'll maybe we'll find out more about Jamie on down the road. Miscellaneous trivia. As we've mentioned several times leading up to this, this is the single biggest shift since the 11th hour. There's a new showrunner. There's a new crew. I mean, down to like the camera operators, I think were like, you know, it was like everybody was new. Not, you know, not to a man, not every single individual, but a lot of people. We have a new doctor. We have a new companion. Because <laughs> we yeah. didn't just bring in one new companion. Like companion. Four. We brought in three and a half. Um, new TARDIS eventually. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, new Sonic, new music written by a new composer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, briefly. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. Um, I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong. His name is Sagoon Akinola. I think Sagoon. I'm probably wrong about that. Sagoon, Sagoon, I don't know. Um, he is uh, new. As we mentioned last week, uh, Murray Gold had been doing the music since... 05, maybe even in Classic Who, I, I, I think, maybe, possibly. Um, he announced that, I think, after the airing of Twice Upon a Time, he was like, I'm, I'm retiring, I'm done, right? Uh, at least with uh, Doctor Who. I don't know if he's gone on to do other things. Um, so now we have an all-new composer, and and uh, could you hear it? <laughs> yeah. Could you hear it? Could you feel it in your soul? Because... Um, I would say intense. this, I would say overall, not to jump too far ahead, I would say overall this episode was a lot 
darker, and I mean that visually. It was a lot of nighttime <laughs> yeah. stuff, and it was very dark, but it was also a lot more rumbly. Like, we made full use of our subwoofer and sound bar with this episode. <laughs> um, sound effects, music, all that kind of stuff. And wait until wait until we start the Ghost Monument and the theme song, because this one, um, as I was about to get to, had no opening credits. You had to wait mm-hmm. till the end credits to hear the new theme song and see, sort of... The new opening credit sequence, y'all. Oh, yeah, it did have a. You kind of got to see it, but it was it was like the soft focus with the yeah. with the end credits rolling over it. Next week, when we cut on uh, the ghost monument, and that song kicks in, and those uh, the new, uh, it's not the time vortex per se, but it's the new uh, whatever opening sequence special yeah, effect. Yeah. It, it will rumble. It's it's intense. It's it's loud. It's bass and deep. And it yes, it is. It is like I remember the first time I watched this episode. Excuse me, the next episode (laughs) when I first heard the music for real. I remember thinking somehow this is definitely an homage to the very first original Doctor Who theme music, and yet it is definitely for. 2018 like it is it is somehow both of its time and of 1963 at the same time along with the opening credits you know in the same way that like the opening visuals were mind-blowing in 1963 um if you remember they like pointed a camera at a screen and that's what caused the effect or whatever it was um the special effects you know the, the 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 visuals on the new one are pretty good um, as well. And again, we'll see that next week. So for the cast, we're going to do something a little different here. Since we have four new main actors, I decided we're going to split it up a little bit. So like there was a fun fact about, about, um, uh, oh no, can't think of his name, Bradley Walsh, who plays Graham O'Brien. There was a fun fact about him in the Wikia. And I was like, I kind of need to save that because, um, this week we're going to introduce the 13th doctor as played by Jodie Whittaker. Now, Jodie Whittaker, obviously, um, is the first official woman to play the doctor. We'll get back to what I mean by official in just a minute. Um, she starred alongside David Tennant in a show called Broadchurch. Oh yeah. I feel like we mentioned, I think we did when we talked about David Tennant, probably. Mm -hmm. So David Tennant, when he finished his time as the doctor went on to go do a very serious, it's like a murder. It's like a, it's like a CSI, you know, uh, crime drama. Um, that, uh, uh, is called broad church and it is about like, it's about like the murder of like a child. I mean, it's like, Dang. it's dark. <laughs> and if, and I've, I've seen like one and a half episodes of it, I think. And, um, it's instead of it being like CSI where it's like, we're going to solve this murder this week. It, I think the whole first season is solving this one murder mm-hmm. and Jodie Whittaker might actually is maybe the mom of the kid that died? I can't I can't remember now. Because like I said, I saw one episode of it like a, two years ago. At any rate, so they were starring in that show, which was run by Chris Chibnall. Huh. He was the showrunner for Broadchurch. Um, quick side note, uh, Broadchurch also featured Olivia Coleman, who if you think back to the 11th hour, do you remember the mom holding the hands of the creepy little girl's and their voices kept getting out of sync where the mom's yeah. voice was coming out of the girl's oh, mouth because yeah. it was really uh, Prisoner Zero. That was Olivia Coleman, And we mentioned her. Um, also, she played 
she played or is currently playing uh, Queen Elizabeth in The Crown, which we talked about The Crown because that is featuring Matt Smith or featured yeah. Matt Smith uh, yeah. for a little bit. So at any rate, um, as, as I read on um, the Facebook group the other day, uh, there's a going theory that the UK has 10 actors and 10 movie sets <laughs> and <laughs> just keep reusing them. So um, now, obviously, because of Chibnall's work with Jodie Whittaker, uh, that was that was sort of the, the connection point there. Right. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Chibnall was like there was no question in his mind that the 13th doctor was going to be a woman. It was like, it's time. This is, this is going to happen. Um, here we go. And, and as we've been talking about the road to 13, you know, they've been, they've been planting the seeds for this. I feel like they've been like preparing the fandom <laughs> for a while, cushioning the blow. And by the way, didn't matter that they did any of that. Didn't matter that they laid any groundwork. There were still lots Not of people that out. were, you know, yeah, just, just weren't having it. Um, but so he knew uh, Jody through that. I don't know what her involvement in the show was like when it came time for her to audition. I don't know if she was still on Broadchurch, if Broadchurch was still running at the time. I, I don't remember the, the timeline there. Um, but he approached her about it. And um, there's some some great behind-the-scenes stuff when you get um, interviews at Comic-Con and things like this where they talk about the process. And um, at one point, Chris Chibnall called David Tennant and said the next doctor would like to talk to you. Are you like available for a phone call? You know, and, and, you know, of, of course, and don't tell anyone. Oh. Yeah. And he says, absolutely. You know, like the, the next doctor would like some advice, basically would like to talk to you and get some input. And so he says, absolutely. And, and he says, okay, the next number that calls you will be the new doctor. And he hangs up, at which point the person who is sitting next to him on the talk show where he's telling the story says, wouldn't that have been a terrible time for your mom to call her? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but he says he looks down at the caller ID and it says it was Jody, And he just answered the phone and was just, you know, ecstatic for her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they had a great conversation about, you know, what, you know, what this means and, and all these kinds of things. And then she had to sit on that for, I don't know, a year or something before it got announced. And it's crazy. I, I don't know how how accurate this is because this was her statement in an interview, either on a podcast or I think it was on David Tennant's podcast. Um, she said that her name never came up in all of the speculation, right? So whenever there's talk of a new doctor, you immediately start seeing all the headlines that say, yeah. And what's crazy is you'll see headlines that say, you know, this specific actor in line to play the next doctor. And then you read the article and it's like, you know, according to some guy blogging, you know, <laughs> in his, in his spare time, his theory is it's going to be this actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But even when people were like heavily, heavily speculating and really digging deep, she says her name never came up. And so somehow they managed to, you know, to sort of keep it all under wraps. So at any rate, I mentioned that she is the first official uh, excuse me. She's the first woman to officially play the doctor. That's what I should say. Not the first official woman. Um, <laughs> she's a certified woman. No, she's the first woman to officially play the doctor. And by that, I mean, y'all have heard me reference the, the children in need special parody. We can argue whether it's canon oh, or not. Yeah. The curse of the fatal death, mm-hmm. which stars Rowan Adkinson, Mr. Bean 
as the doctor. Definitely canon. It has to be be canon. So by uh, by the way, so if it is, he is technically the ninth doctor, (laughs) which is great because the the special was in 99. So this was after the movie. So they decided to make him the ninth doctor. And during the course of this uh, episode, which by the way, is, is part of the master plan. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's at the very end of the master plan. So we'll get there eventually. Um, during the course of it, the doctor regenerates like four times. Oh so there's like five parody doctors in this parody mm-hmm. episode. And it's funny because like each one that comes up, they like introduce themselves as like, Oh, I'm the posh one or whatever. You know, like they just say which, you know, what kind of doctor they're going to be. And then when the 13th doctor shows up, it's played by Joanna Lumley, a woman Oh. who is, in some people's minds, the first female doctor. But the crazy thing is, she was the 13th doctor in that episode. Oh, wow. In that episode. So again, Corbin, if you're if you're saying it's canon, they got part of it right, because yeah. the 13th incarnation is a woman, is a female doctor. So um, so again, w- you know, take take that as you will. We'll it's just say that's- universe. That's right. That's right. That's, that's my favorite thing about the, um, there was a, there was a, a little bit of a flame war happening uh, the other day on Facebook about canon and whether there is or isn't canon in Doctor Who. And I'm like, the great thing about Doctor Who is there can be like 17 uh, contradicting stories and they can all be canon because, oh, that was after the timeline was rewritten or that was in an alternate universe or it was a dream or like whatever it is. So yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to say that at some point, uh, the Joanna Lumley incarnation of the Doctor went back and changed something so that the eighth doctor regenerated into Eccleston instead. Which changed Rowan everything Atkinson. else and threw yes, everything out absolutely, of whack, Except absolutely. for the one gene that made it turn into a... Except for that, yeah. <laughs> except yeah. for that one thing, yeah, so... Uh, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by Google Fi. Uh, you know the deal. $20 a month gets you unlimited talk and text and then $10, of gig, uh, $10 per gig of data per month. Blah. On top of that. Plus, on the side... Hello, go over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash fi. You'll get $20 off of your first month and you can add on as many lines as you need to. Take a look at their unlimited plan, see what's best for you. But make sure you use our code by going to noobsinthehoobian.com slash fi. All right, so the checklist, uh, the name of the episode spoken in dialogue. No, nope. no. Nobody but, said, are you but, the woman who fell to earth? Yeah. <laughs> there it's is, like though. some woman that fell to earth. Um, okay, <laughs> so... Funny. So I didn't, I asked Jared if he caught this and he said he didn't. I didn't catch it until my second or third watch through of this episode. Who's the woman who fell to earth? Yeah. Double entendre. Who is it? The, does, does Corbin think he Grammy has Grammy or whatever. What is her name? Her name is Grace. Grace. And Ryan calls her Nan. <laughs> I was very Not off. Grammy. <laughs> the Grammy. So I guess if you're, if you're a grandmother named Grace, you can be Grammy. Yes, sir. Sure. The episode starts off with a fake out of, okay, so production level, we all know. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. We've actually seen, we've, we've already seen that the, the new doctor is a woman. We've seen yeah. this on screen, right? At the end of Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. So we've seen that. Then the next episode, the first episode of this new doctor starts with a guy who we've seen all the posters. We know he's a companion is saying, I want to tell you about the most amazing woman I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And she's this and she's that and she's that blah, 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 blah. And then we jump into the episode and we assume that the woman, oh, and then, and then we, we last saw 
the doctor falling to earth. And then we see her again crashing through the roof of the train, which typical doctor, she fell out of a random spot in the stratosphere and crashed into the middle of an alien incursion. I mean, go figure. uh, Yeah, because that's how things work in this universe. The TARDIS obviously meant to do that. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, obviously. Um, That's why it turned sideways and dumped her out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because otherwise, why was it sideways? Anyways. Um, So the woman who fell to Earth and the most amazing woman that Ryan has ever met is obviously the doctor, right? Until towards the end of the episode, Grace is climbing up a ladder and and falls to the Earth and dies. And then we get Ryan at the very end, which, by the way, I felt... I have never felt like an episode of Doctor Who so accurately mirrored the ending of The Lord of the Rings, where it had like 17 endings. (laughs) There were so many times where I thought the credits were about to roll, and then it just switched scenes, and I went, oh, right, we've got to do this scene. Um, And I kept waiting for your mom to come in and go, how long is this episode? Anyways, um, then we get Ryan doing his wrap-up YouTube video, seeing the rest of the YouTube video, and it turns out that the greatest woman he ever met, and the woman who fell to Earth, is Grace. I was like, oh, oh so that's cool. awesome. Nice so we'll talk more about Grace in a little bit. Uh, the creature of the week, we had kind of two, right? We had the gathering coil, which is the half organic, half machine um, ball of eels, <laughs> ball of electric eels. Um, can we talk for just a, just a quick second about the special effects budget <laughs> and who yeah. got a raise, man? Good grief. When that thing, okay, that thing looked amazing. Yeah. Until it fell apart, then it looked spectacular. It's like, what? When that thing twice, <laughs> oh twice, yeah, yeah, it fell apart. And the time when it fell apart on the crane and it sort of like slopped over the ladder yeah, and like, like bits of it were falling over, here like, and there, the? like some of the little eels were going to the left and some were going to the right and some were getting tangled up on the thing. Like, does this thing is this a real alien? Where did it shoot? It made me go, what were they shooting for visual reference on this thing? Because it looked so real. It looked like it was in that space, properly lit. It had weight to it. I mean, like mm-hmm. everything about that was like, you know, Avengers Endgame level <laughs> of special effects, which by the way, I just want y'all to know that in 10 years uh, or or further down the road, y'all are going y'all are going to sit down with your kids and you're going to show them Avengers Endgame and they're going to go, dad, this is the worst special effects ever. So I can't bad. believe we have to watch this Bracken on an body. actual physical monitor in front of us instead of on our bionic implants. What were you people thinking? Anyways. I know. <laughs> Dad's venting. I have spoken from the future. Uh, so that was the uh, the gathering coil. That thing was both terrifying and amazing. Then we had <laughs> Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. And he was credited as Tim He's Shaw. Credited, Tim Shaw. Credited over and over and over again in the Wikia as Tim Shaw. I think the Wikia entry is Tim Shaw. Corbin, stop clicking. <laughs> Don't look at stuff. No, I have to know. It is. Uh, it's Tim. Yeah, Shaw. it's Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. At any rate, he is a Stenza warrior. They wear their conquests. <laughs> like we've already mentioned, the, the teeth. The teeth. Like just the white teeth on the blue skin, and the fact that his teeth were black and nasty, and then he has like these pearly whites all over his face. <laughs> the the CGI budget and the makeup budget oh my were God. both oh, severely. Yeah. Could you imagine if that showed up on the screen in in 1970s era Doctor Who? People would have peed their pants. They would have thought they would have thought it was an alien. Yeah, like like, oh, they hired um, an alien. The doctor called him. (laughs) They hired an alien. It's not only an alien. 
He works for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that the doctor called him a big blue cheat. <laughs> He's a big blue cheat. Um, I want to take a moment here. We, we've talked about how it's a whole new show and it's a whole new everything. One of the things that uh, Chris Chibnall – okay, so we, it's also a whole new schedule, right? We, the, it was announced ahead of time we're going to a 10-episode season format from now. So we were at 13. The 12th Doctor got 12 per episode mm. or 12 per season. And now um, – 13th Doctor is getting 10 episodes until we get to season 13. And thanks, COVID, we're going to get eight. Fantastic. Holy crap. The 13th and season should have had 13 episodes it definitely for should the 13th have. Doctor. It, it definitely should have. However, because of COVID restrictions, if they wanted to release it at all in 2021, they had to they had to reduce the number of episodes so that they could maintain the all the requirements and still shoot. It was either like that or we could just not film for right now. And so thankfully, you know, they decided to film. Now, not only did they go to 10 episodes, Chibnall announced ahead of time, and this was this was kind of interesting, and I, I don't I don't think it's spoiler territory, okay? But he announced ahead of time this will be 10 standalone episodes. You guys will notice there are no two-parters. There is no Bad Wolf. There is no Trenzalore. There is no, there is no overarching nothing. I like that. It's a return to classic who is what it is. It's a return to like first, like Hartnell era Doctor Who where one week it's 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 1960s Star Trek. Yeah, you could, one you week could to start the next, with the third episode, go to the first episode, and right, right. yeah, you miss. With nothing. the exception, with the exception that on Star Trek you could do that, and and it didn't matter who was at the helm that week because we don't know that guy's name anyway. You could skip three seasons in Star yeah. Trek; it'd be completely right, fine. Right. But um, now we the the one through line that we will have is the characters. Yeah. But even there, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be you know some some mystery box. Yeah, it turns out that they're aliens or something. Right, you're not you're not gonna get that. Um, and he announced ahead of time, there are no in season eleven. There are no returning baddies. All wow. until, all new until after. Well, well yeah. yes. And then we throw now, it out. Okay, now, now just, throw just to throw it out there, and it's yeah. and it's obvious if you look at the show schedule at all, but he says there will be no returning baddies. So no Cybermen, no Daleks, no uh, Weeping Angels, no Classic Who, New Who, nothing. All new Creatures of the Week, all new Baddies of the Week, all new Adventures and Aliens and one-off adventures and no overarching storyline. And then we get to the first holiday special, which was a New Year's special, and, and it's everything. the Daleks. <laughs> they trash <laughs> everything. Like, and I'm like, well, I don't know about trash everything, but I thought, and, and here's here's what I will say, okay? There's a lot of hatred for Chibs. As much hatred as there was for Jodie Whittaker, yeah. I saw the, the fandom turn a corner where they said, you know, I don't mind the, the woman doctor, and I don't think Whittaker's bad. I just think she has terrible writing. So it's not her fault that I hate her. It's Chris Chibnall's fault. That that's kind of where the fandom went. I disagree, um, but again, I'm part of a Facebook group called Doctor Who fans who actually like the show, which, by the way, could be the secondary tagline for this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, a Doctor Who podcast that actually enjoys the show. Um, it's it. I think that 
I would rather, if you were going to go bold like that and say there's not going to be any classic or new who baddies returning, that for the first the first holiday special, you stick with that. Or if you're not going to stick with it, do go, something crazy. Bring the silence back. Or, you know, yeah. or something like that. Or go bring something that's not the most iconic well. Bring back yeah. the Vashta Narada. Yeah. You know, Anything. like do something like that. But yeah, to go no straight to Daleks. No returning baddies back to the Daleks was like. Like eh. Daleks, Cybermen. Eh. Maybe not even weeping angels. Yeah. Just, so I'm getting I'm getting a little ahead of myself on that, but that's okay. Uh, Jiggery Pokery, the TARDIS was last seen exploding while dematerializing over Earth, and I realized as I was writing uh, the next note here, my next note says not seen at all in this episode. My note was originally saying not seen after the opening of this episode until I remembered. Oh no! Wait, <laughs> that was the last episode. Yeah. So at the end of Twice Upon a Time, she's falling and looks up and sees it exploding on the inside and dematerializing on the outside. And then for this entire episode, beginning to end, the TARDIS doesn't appear. And there's only like one mention of it. Um, She mentions it maybe a couple of times. Um, But mostly it's, I got to find it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all it was. Um, So obviously the companions have no idea what it is. I don't know what we're talking about. Um, speaking of the Sonic, we have the all new homemade Sonic featuring Sheffield steel and an alien crystal. Did y'all notice that? She grabbed the, um, control module of the teleporter or whatever, and just like yoinked a a yellow crystal out of it. Um, the spoon was apparently a 12 callback according to the Wikia, like not a callback, Uh but remember how, remember when she was working uh, on the Sonic, and she like held up the spoon. the spoon. There was like, a lot the of big... focus on that. Yeah, um, the the Wikia pointed out that the Twelfth Doctor used a spoon as his weapon against oh, yeah. Robin Hood. Oh yeah, and and then it also it said it said that he used it, and then referenced Robot of Sherwood, and then Hell Bent because he was eating the soup, and they're like. Remember they said, put your weapon down and he dropped the spoon. And we mentioned on that episode that that was a callback to Robot of Sherwood. So here we have like, you know, maybe a little glimmer of 12 poking through. Um, So that was, that was fun. Uh, She calls it a scanner. It does diagnostics. It's a tin opener. It's more like a Swiss army knife or Swiss army Sonic. I think she said, or something like that. Um, But she said, but without the knife, only idiots carry knives. Hang on now. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. on. Sorry. Hang on. As as a guy who grew up in Virginia, lived in North Carolina and now lives in Texas. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say sometimes you carry a knife, not to like kill people, uh, but like to, you know, I don't know, cut twine when you're tying something down on your pickup truck. It's like possibly one of the most useful and versatile tools you can have. So like, uh, yeah, so and, and, and if you're talking Swiss stabby. Army knife, yes, but I'm talking about even just simple blade. Well, that, that's what I meant. Like even just a knife. Your mom has had. And mo, mo, meh. What? <laughs> Rewind. Most of the time, your mom has had more knives on her than I've had on me at any given time because mm-hmm. she usually has one in the bottom of her purse and then one in a side pocket of her purse that she forgot she had in there oh, because. Yeah. <laughs> Her brothers have always given her pocket knives. So at any rate, um, yeah, I, I, I beg to differ there. It's a tool. Now, if you're carrying, you know, like a switchblade or a butterfly knife or something, that's a little different. Okay, that's definitely a weapon, uh, but as a tool, whatever. Um, and, and by the way, that would be the uh, southern United States version of when Rory's dad had a foldable 
uh, trowel in his back pocket. Remember, oh, he's like, yeah. who carries a trowel? And he's like, you don't? <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the Sonic? Because by the way, was that not I the most it. heroic entrance of a Sonic oh, we've ever seen? Yeah. It was kind of cool. When Eleven got his, it like popped out of the console and he goes, oh, look, a new one. Picks it up, holds it up, what? puts it in his pocket. Yeah. Um, we didn't even see 10 get his because it was just nines again. Um, 12... I, I did it pop out of a console too. I think I at think one point he just had it. Well, he just had 11s, but then when he eventually got his own way too late, like season, his third season, he got uh, one. Remember he had a season where he had 11s. Then he had a season yeah, where he had the glasses and then he had a season where he had the glasses and his cool blue one. And I think that maybe popped out of the console probably. during a Christmas special or something, but never have we had the like, like end to end pan shot with the heroic lighting while it was literally like on a display pedestal. And I was like, wow, that was impressive. So what did you guys think? I think it was epic looking and I like that she made it. I love that she made it. And you know, something I noticed throughout this episode and as I've, as I've been rewatching, she's a very DIY doctor. She does yeah. what she did in this episode twice, by the way. She rebuilt her Sonic, and then she built a teleporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wait a minute. A third time. She built whatever the thing was that like paralyzed the the ball of worms. Oh, yeah. She built that. Um, she does that. That that's a thing with the oh. 13th Doctor. Um did you notice that it's very like everything else, all the other ones so far have been very clean, very futury, but yeah. very like sterile like cold sparkly steel and and like very straight lines and this thing this you know what like this thing curved and stuff yes what it looks like to me the 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 butt end of it not the crystal end but the butt end of it to me for some reason looks like one of the fingers of the aliens in independence day it has always reminded me of that i don't know why it's like the exact oh. curve of one of their little fingers. I was thinking it was like Count Dooku's lightsaber. It is, yeah, the curved handle. Yeah. It's a very, um, first of all, it's a very, it's kind of janky looking because she like melted the steel herself. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, and I, I didn't notice it in the shot, but supposedly somewhere in that handle. There's a spoon on it. There is, there is enough of the unmelted handle of a spoon that still has the Sheffield stamp in it. Supposedly, I've never, I've never actually like never seen, seen an image it, of that, yeah. but I've, I've heard, uh, I heard a prop designer say that, Talk like one of the people it, yeah. who actually worked on it. So, um, not personally, like, I don't know the guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. He like walked yeah, in and was like, yeah. Um, okay. New addition to the checklist here. And I don't know, I don't know. I realized I added this to the checklist and then realized I don't think we can do this as a, as a checklist feature, but it's the facial scrunches as I call them. Where she just kind of like does this, you know, scrunches up her nose and everything. And I realized I lost count at like 18 in this episode. <laughs> so maybe we can't. Um, I just wrote plenty just, of them. We just bring up the fact that that, that happens. Quite uh, yes. For every time that David Tennant did that, uh, she does it that many times per, per episode. You know, uh, the number of times that Tennant did it in his entire tenure. Um, other stuff we noticed. Uh, press here for a giant Hershey's kiss. Um, that little thing oh, that yeah. appeared in the sky again, special effects. Wow. Um, that was amazing. I love that. He sort of like pushes the button and then it, yeah. it, it <laughs> appears a yeah. giant purple Hershey's kiss. Um, let's see. Ah, why are we back to not believing in aliens? There's been like what? Three alien invasions. The, okay. Listen in Graham's adult lifetime, 
pair of the whole planet was kidnapped. Oh, not the yeah. people, not the whole, the whole population. The entire planet, planet. Earth, the the Oof. third rock from the sun, was dragged to another galaxy and then was dragged back. back by the TARDIS. <laughs> so what? All I could chalk it up to is whatever. 12 talked about humanity's unbelievable ability to forget. That's stupid. But even still. I'm not going to give them that. Still, no. That's like generationally, that's a generational thing. If it's happened in your lifetime, that's not something you as easily forget. Yes, that's not even what 200 years saying. later, There's, we can forget that there was a giant robot that destroyed half of London. Yeah. We can forget that maybe as like writing it off as craziness or something. But we're not going to forget the time that in the age of modern recording technology, yeah. the entire planet was whisked away and we could see other planets in the sky. Like, there, like there's there's no reason to even have the aliens don't exist thing. That it shouldn't it, be a all plot it do, point. All it does is make it make the doctor that much weirder. Like, what are you crazy? You think you're an alien? What is that thing? An alien? What are you nuts? Um, it couldn't possibly be like that. An and I'm like, like Corbin, you said this one time before. Like, if that happened now in the real world, yeah. our first thought would be aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even before uh it was disclosed by the United States Navy that UFOs are totally a thing or whatever, whatever it is that's happening in the headlines that I'm not really reading. Um, I'm just gonna prepare you guys. I am I am I am pushing my way into season 12 right now, and it's still it's a plot point that the aliens, that, that a, the existence of aliens is doubted. By the way, like, without getting too spoilery, at the highest levels, not Joe Schmo in Sheffield riding, yeah. the, riding the train in Sheffield. Alive. The people who should know don't believe. So, all right, anyways. Um, all right, then, troops. No, not troops. Team? Gang? Fam. Uh, we'll come back to that so lit fam <laughs> no um, if you guys work. had to choose right now uh, what, what, what would you go with gang bros bros the bros <laughs> the bros that would and be fun so, so Yaz is just a bro and yeah. and the doctor everyone's a bro everyone's a bro yeah bro um, gosh okay so Trip says what'd you say gang gang okay we'll see uh, no one dies on screen. Who put that? That's I put that. That's not oh. technically true. Oh, okay. Just, I'm sorry. I was like, wait a minute. So many people died in this episode. Yeah. Um. What were you? What, but go ahead. It was, it was specifically the first guy that got freaking murdered, and it happened <laughs> entirely off screen. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and then, look, his jaws hanging out, and look at that. Oh like, yeah. They never was, even panned over to it. I mean, I'm kind of that was in. the most egregious part where we're staring at the four people staring at the body, like, and we oh never once. But can I, can, I, can I just can I just say like I wish Discovery had done that too. Like I didn't need to see the bodies folded over, and I mean it's not pretty. But the fact that they're just without. sitting there. I, I mean, okay, all right, sure, yeah, all right. That that's a bit of, okay. If it was there can for I, like I, a second, can I just can I just throw this out there? We're you know we're, I know we're family friendly podcast family. I don't I don't need to I don't I don't need to see Klingon boobs. I just don't disco. I don't I don't I don't care if it was like less than a second. Like I don't care. I didn't need it. I didn't need to fast forward it for my kids. I didn't want it. it didn't. 
didn't need it. I didn't need that. Listen, I didn't, need, I didn't need Tilly to drop an F-bomb. I didn't. Uh, I didn't even need it to be a funny line though. in the next episode where they're like, sorry, I'm working on it. I didn't need that either. I didn't need you to prove to me you're on a streaming service. Okay? We know. We're fine with it. We're fine with it. And we're fine with you continuing to let us, let our kids Watch your programming. So well done, Doctor Who. Well done for not showing us the broken in half jaw no. with the missing molar. But, Thank uh, you. And you two are terrible. But no. I mean, he they he could have just not brutalized him. They wanted an enemy that was super brutal, but they never wanted to show him being super brutal. They gave you enough. I guess. If they, they had enough. done it, think back show to Rose. Back. Show the back of her head. Think back back to the the most horrific death in all of the Ninth Doctor's... Okay, not horrific. The most shocking death in all of Eccleston's run. Poor Clive. Clive being shot in in the the face face. with, I think, a shotgun? (laughs) In front of his kid? In front of his wife and daughter? (laughs) So bad. I mean, you know, and that happened... By the way, just off screen. Yeah. Like Clive was like one step from coming into camera range when that gun went off. So I'm glad. I'm I I get what you're saying. I I understand what you're saying. If it was like panned to his face and his face wasn't broken in half or whatever, you just see his mouth slightly open, he's got like a blue face, and you see the missing. He said he ripped his jaw. Yeah, but think about think about with Doctor Who, they don't they don't they get gross, they don't get morbid. No, just a blue face. Like, forget about the ripping off the jaw. If they didn't say that, yeah, and they just show a, like a blue face. They've done yeah. that with the zombies before. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But that's the thing is that wouldn't have been as brutal. And so they were trying to portray the brutality of the Stenza. And but you can't do that and then show. not show it. But it's BBC. Listen, I will. Uh, let me remind you. Let me remind you. Although we have gotten now, we are into movie level cinematography. Movie level special effects. I mean, this is a leap forward. Mm-hmm. It is still, listen, PBS. Yeah. That's what this, the BBC's primary funding, I don't know, okay, I don't know about their primary funding. <laughs> they have a lot of merchandising, yeah. but their funding comes from taxpayers. This would be like if, B, if the PBS station decided to do Game of Thrones, it wouldn't work. <laughs> they wouldn't allow it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at any rate, so they're they're you know they 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 walk right up to the line, but yeah. they do a good job of staying on the family friendly side of the line. And again, I say a thank you. I don't know though to Chibs. Well, and nah. whatever. It's still like emotionally brutal because that one guy it gets is. off the walkie talkie with like his daughter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then gets murdered. Yeah. Again, that's the thing. It's that's it's, not children's content. It's brutal. It's brutal. But well, but yeah, no, it's not children's them. content. But again, I would let Brayden watch this. You'll notice he doesn't watch Disco with us, well, or he didn't yeah. in season one. <laughs> They've chilled the crap out in season three, yeah. but and two. But season one, I was like, no, Brayden, you're like you mangle the corpses. No, 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 you no, want to no, see no, that? No, 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 mangle the corpses. Anyways. Um, oh, there. Our next thing there was the difference in production level, cinematography, the tone, all of that. I I said to the to, to you guys while we were watching this, watch World Enough a to- and Time, and then go back and watch Rose, yeah. and the difference is staggering. Mm-hmm. But that's two thousand and five to two thousand and seventeen, and nine seasons later, and a couple of showrunners later. But this is, or yeah, yeah, thir- thirteen years and nine seasons yeah. down the road. The difference between Twice Upon a Time and The Woman Who Fell to Earth 
I would argue, is bigger yeah. than that difference. And it was the next episode. <laughs> it was, you know, it was the next year. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. And I mean, when I started seeing teaser trailers i was like oh, oh this is oh, new yeah okay yeah. yeah there's there's a shot coming up i think it's in the next episode of a of a spaceship sitting on a planet and, and then walking around it and it's like star wars it's incredible and it's nothing it's nothing it's not an action shot it's an establishing shot and i'm like that probably cost a million bucks it's amazing anyways um, <laughs> we had the line from the guy, um, the, the crane operator who was the, the trophy target. He says, I am valued. I am special. Somebody out there wants me. And we were all oh, like, uh, no. yeah, unfortunately, no, no, no. somebody does. Um, what now? What? Oh my gosh. Oh, no. I said, <laughs> Dad writes such cryptic write, notes. I wrote this as though this was in the cast. I should have put this in the cast section, okay? Yeah. So we had Jodie Whittaker and introducing this week, a quick emotional investment prepped for immediate termination, <laughs> Granddad and the Guard Shack. Oh, Holy yeah. character Jeez. development, Batman. He's on the phone. Okay, first of all, he's an old man. Yeah. Secondly, he's working the night shift and he's on the phone with his granddaughter, Oh, oh, it's not every day you get a phone fall, phone call from your granddaughter. Oh well, I Too hope your soccer game goes well tomorrow, day. or whatever, whatever. Um, you know, like I'm emotionally attached to the granddaughter we never saw or even heard her voice. We only ever got his side of the phone call. He walks out immediately murdered. I was like, "Dad, gone, Chibs. Like, way to way to set us up just to knock us down." I mean, we Man, listen. No, everybody saw that coming, and nobody actually cared about that guy. I kind of did. That's the thing. Why? Like he did. Some, listen, if I knew. Set I knew. I knew the first time we were watching time. it. I knew the first time I was watching it that he had seven seconds to live. I knew <laughs> that. I was like, don't go outside. I kind of in the back of my mind hoped that maybe for some reason Simshaw would just like knock him out and leave him for his granddaughter's soccer game the next day. But uh, <laughs> excuse me, football game. But um, I knew he was going to die. And I still was like. I was so invested in that guy so quickly. No. All right, who's who? Let's get into it, guys. Who is Ryan Sinclair? He's 19, <laughs> which I yeah. didn't catch that the first go-around. I didn't catch that the second go-around last month when I was watching this. He <laughs> says in the opening uh, video clip, he's 19. Um, he has dyspraxia, which is a coordination disorder, which Corbin's like, why are they making such a big deal about him riding his bike? And I was like, yeah. we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, I told Corbin, dyspraxia... Excuse me. Dyspraxia is to doing physical tasks what dyslexia is to reading. And so Corbin's like, you mean you try and lift your right hand and your left hand goes up? I was like, okay, it's not a one-to-one -one correlation, but uh, grammatically, it's similar to dyspraxia, like dyslexia. Anyways, um, he may have accidentally accepted the worst end-user license agreement in Earth's history. Oh, uh, yeah. He hit the button, and uh, Tim Shaw later on says... Uh, you know, we like permission was given and he's like, Oh no, <laughs> that was nope. a mistake <laughs> taken back. Yeah. Anybody knows if you see random uh, shapes of light appearing in the sky and there's a button coming up that I'm you really are agreeing to hosting an intergalactic manhunt. Yeah. That's, that's what Duh. you're doing. Dur. Um, his mom died six years ago and now his nan. Oh, and so sad. Yeah. That was pretty sad, man. We're, we're going to get back to grace in a second. Who is Graham O'Brien? Uh, he's Ryan's step-granddad. I almost started to write stepdad, but it's actually, uh, he's Ryan's grandmother's new husband. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, reminded Trip of Wilf. What was what was that yeah. all about? Just like I mean, he's funny old of, man. He's yeah. an old man. <laughs> Same person. And for a second there, didn't believe in aliens. Oh yeah, that too. Oh, I Wilf about that. was totally not a. I'm suddenly, kind of I'm suddenly remembering now Wilf um, calling upon the wisdom of the distributed network of old people in town. You remember when he yeah, got, the, what were they yeah. called? The silver, oh crap. What do they call themselves? The silver, the silver crusaders or some crap like that. They had some, they yeah, had a code some, name for themselves of what the, the silver brigade or something. I can't think of what it was now. Um, but yeah, there's, there's that too. Um, he wouldn't have touched the button, by the way. He would not oh, have yeah, signed the, the EULA. He would not have agreed. Um, I wrote down, he's the cautious one of the bunch. We, we established that pretty quickly yeah. right at the outset. Yeah. Um, he's the anti-Ian Chesterton. Mm. Uh, who is Grace? She's uh, rambunctious, playful, loving. Uh, if, if Graham is the most cautious of the bunch, she's the bravest of the bunch, most daring. Uh, she says, she even says, is it wrong to be enjoying this? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Graham says, yes, it is. You're a little bit crazy for that. I put down, I feel like she's a companion who never was. I think yeah. she belongs on the list with Astrid and uh, what, whatever, Lady, uh, Lady Christina many to I know, it's, it, the list keeps getting longer. I am, I am putting her squarely on that list because if, let's say you didn't, let's say I had not told you guys how many new companions there were coming. And let's say I hadn't told I you anything about it. I thought she was one of them. Did you? Okay, I was going to ask you that. Did you know she was going to die? Well, when she started to climb up the thing to fight the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I knew one of them was, was going to die, but I couldn't remember I mean, like, who were the So you knew there were four and there were supposed to be three, so somebody's yeah. got to go. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is they were setting her up. And, and this is one yeah. of those times where I hate the production level. I hate that we already knew for months that it was going to be Ryan, Graham, and Yes. Like we knew this. Yeah. All of the posters, all of the ads, all of the stuff leading up to it told us that we were not going to see Grace again after this first episode, either because she's going to die or get left behind. And like, you knew partway through the episode, this woman was oh, not yeah. going to get she's, left behind. She's dead. She would have been on the, she would have gone on the TARDIS and left the other three behind if given the choice. Like if it was go with the doctor or stay here, uh, but it's only mm -hmm. you, it's you or nobody, she would have gone, man. Um, I already mentioned she's the woman who fell to earth. And then Ryan says she died like she lived, trying to help other people. She was a nurse. She was a yeah. nurse, guys. Which we didn't get until the end, which I kind of didn't like. Yeah, we were we were just it, dripping just, out details. I mean, we, we met they were five trying to new butter people. Her up. They were trying to make her seem a lot better than she actually was in the episode. Better than she actually was? I, I thought mean, she lived up she to She was it. just kind of adventurous. And no, I, don't know, I thought she, I thought she lived up all that. Little things like her kissing Graham on the train and looking at the guy going, he can't keep his hands off me, love. You know, and all the, like she was just so, you know, playful and, and mischievous, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, let's see. Who is Yasmin? Yasmin Yaz Khan. Um, what was it? Uh, detective something, not detective, but, you know, whatever her title was, Yasmin Khan, Yaz to my friends. At which point, uh, later on, the doctor says, I'm calling you Yaz because yeah. you're my new friend. Um, she's a rookie cop, but she wants to do something more. You know, she wants more adventure, more something, um, not just, you know, boring old stuff. Uh, Trip thinks she's into Ryan and Corbin agrees. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I can't there. believe you didn't pick up on. Huh? <laughs> like you definitely did not that pick up on. That particular line. That, what was the line that, that you were talking about? It was, uh, 
Oh, it was totally the twinsies moment, but I don't remember. It was something. Twinsies. Yeah, where, like two mean? people have something totally in common. Oh, and, yeah. oh yeah, I like that too, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your girl voice? Is that what that's supposed to be? <laughs> um, yeah, I, the particular line that you mentioned there, I didn't see flirting happening, but I, we both did. So. I'm a 40 year old. So dad is the so I'm not one paying attention wrong. to flirting. Um, who is the doctor? Nine minutes and 27 seconds before the 13th doctor makes her appearance on screen. That was, that was, wow. That's a long time. Foreign. I remember making a mental note of, I need to yeah. mark the timestamp and about, Five minutes in, Corbin goes, we need to be tracking. Like, you were starting to pick yeah. up, like, hey, it's been a while. We haven't like seen anything from the doctor. In. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she hates empty pockets. Um, she turns around on Yaz. Why are you calling me madam? She says, because you're a woman. She goes, am I? Does it suit me? <laughs> what are you even talking about? At one point, she says, uh, half an hour ago, I was a, a, a white-haired Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a great line. Um, I, I put that she, like Grace, was kind of kind of mischievous in this episode. Um, I think that's a I think that's a a trait for the Thirteenth Doctor. Um, they're they're riding across town in Yaz's patrol car, and the Doctor says, "Can we have the lights and sirens on?" <laughs> like, no, no, you can't. Not supposed to be doing. She says she never goes anywhere that's just initials. They say <laughs> what? <laughs> they say they need to get her to A and E, which in America is the ER, the emergency room. Um, need to get you to A and E. She says I never go anywhere that's just initials. Wait, and I'm like. What? <laughs> All Why? of a sudden, that's ringing a bell. Did did he say that before? I don't. Did one of the previous doctors so. say that before? Anyways, it's ringing some kind of a bell. Uh, she says, "I'm not yet who I am. Brain and body rebooting, reformatting." Um, here we, have, you know, building on the whole mythos of the of the regeneration. Did we get anything regeneration wise that was new? Uh, oh, Corbin, you kind of well, yeah, like what I was saying. There was a lot more of like. She literally does not know who yeah. she is right now. Yeah, she says, uh, is any of you a doctor? That's a shame. I'm looking for a doctor. Yeah. She kept like, forgetting what? her own name. She was very yeah. vague on any details about her previous She couldn't remember self. the word tongue. That. She <laughs> it's right here on the tip of my... What's this thing? <laughs> Tung! I love... I could listen to Jodie Whittaker talk <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. The only thing I like more than her as the doctor is her being interviewed about Doctor Who. Because... <laughs> Just, I love listening to her speak. Um, yeah, it was. So I don't know if that's new about regeneration because it's not necessarily consistent. Um, but we've we've had various levels of confusion and, but not like this was like amnesia. Yeah, and maybe you could. I was gonna say maybe you could brush it off because everybody else got a nap, but Eleven didn't. So Eleven didn't fall asleep during her first episode at all, whereas Ten, Twelve, and Thirteen all did at some point take an extended nap uh, of some kind. Uh, she definitely would have touched the button. Yeah. That is a moment that when yeah, I was I rewatching it myself, I think I rewound about four times. Um, just the fakes. Serious uh, Jody scrunches for that one. I would have. Um, let's see. There's this moment when you're sure you're about to die and then you're born and it's terrifying. And this is in regeneration. Um, every cell in her body uh, is dying and then all of a sudden she's born. So that's, I don't think we've gotten that of, description before. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Like you, you're you burning and you think you're going to die and then you're born. That but is, it, huh. But if you watch the episodes, the regeneration episodes, that's definitely what it is. Like you see yeah. them like screaming and it looks like they're in pain. And then all of a sudden it's like, meh, <laughs> like they're okay. Aww. Yeah. Oh my uh, she says she's good at building things. Probably. 
up. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Turns out, yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she, uh, she says, if there's one thing I'm certain of, when people need help, I never refuse. That was all over the trailers for this season. Yeah. Just every trailer featured that line. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Sim Shaw says, you're interfering in things you don't understand. She says, well, we all need a hobby. That's <laughs> <laughs> Typical, uh, typical Jody there. And I said, I said typical, like already in this episode, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. typical mischievous 13th doctor. Um, we're all capable of the most. In- okay. Here's, here's where we sit the fans down. Give them the quick talk. We give them a cookie and, and some milk and we hold their hand, put it, put a put a gentle loving hand on one knee, pat them on the head and say, we're all capable of the most incredible change. We can evolve while still staying true to who we who we are. We can honor who we've been and choose who we want to be next. This is one of those lines where, we, and we've talked about this before with previous doctors, where whether it's post-regeneration episode or just before a regeneration, yeah. you know, um, like sitting down like, and having the talk, like. Well, yes, yeah, that, but, but it's, it's so many layers to it because in universe, everything she's saying is so meaningful to her character. Now the new companions are like, huh, you know, (laughs) like, no, that's deep, bro. What? Um, (laughs) but then you have the talking to the audience in terms of this show that you are watching, that you can have a new doctor and you can move forward. You can remain true to who you are honor who you've been and choose who you want to be next that's amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. what other show does that like james bond doesn't even get to do this because while you get the new actor it's not in universe yeah or if it is it's not talked about there's theories about that um that 007 is just a code name or whatever you know that every time it's a new actor it's literally a new spy um but that's never addressed in universe in the show. Um, you know, even shows where you've you've gone back and rebooted or, or or changed people out, you don't get to do this. And it's amazing that they not only do this, but they address it. Then to me, the third layer is you come come one more level out of into the production level world and just listen to what she's saying as just sort of a life lesson right? We are capable of incredible change. We can evolve while still staying true to who we are. Some people are afraid of change because they don't want to like betray where they've come from or who they are or who they think they are or who they think they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be. And sometimes you have to move past that. You have to, you have to change, but it doesn't mean everything that came before doesn't count, right? She says, we can honor who we've been and choose who we want to be next. Guys, sometimes here's, here's your, your dad moment of the week. There are our newest segment. <laughs> Austin waxes p- paternal. Um, you can choose to step into a new phase of your life. Um, I've got, you know, I've watched friends do this, whether it's, you know, having a child or sending that final child off to college and out of the home or moving into a new career path or a new relationship or whatever it is. And you can make those choices and not abandon or betray who you were because who you are should always be getting an update. You know, sometimes it's going to be as dramatic as a regeneration. Sometimes it's going to be more subtle step by step. Like, 
compare episode one of Capaldi to the last episode of Capaldi. Yeah. Gradual change and evolution. Sometimes it's radical change like regeneration. <laughs> um, oh, she had a great line. I'm the doctor. When she finally said it, did anybody else get chills? She set yeah. it up on top of the crane. She said, I'm the doctor. That was her uh, Matt Smith moment there where he yeah. you know, came through the holographic you know, display of all the other dun, faces. Dun, dun. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, she said, I'm the doctor sorting out fair play throughout the universe. That's a great line. That's, that's a great way of describing the doctor. Just like the, the universe's umpire referee, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they asked her later on in the episode, have you got family? She said, no, lost them a long time ago. Oh, sad doctor. So sad doctor. Then she says, I carry them with me, what they would have thought and said and done and make them a part of me. Again, the doctor, you know, reaching out into the real world and saying, here's a life lesson for you. Um, she also says, okay, so if, if she's sorting out fair play throughout the universe, she also says, I'm just a traveler. Sometimes I see things need fixing. I do what I can. That was the other line that was constantly in all the trailers, uh-huh. right? I, you know, one thing I know for sure when anyone needs help, I never refuse. I'm just a traveler. Sometimes I see things need fixing. I do what I can. And, uh, oh, and then lastly, it's been a long time since she's bought women's clothes. <laughs> so here again, we have hints that she's been a woman. Yeah. So Maybe. yeah, like. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. There's all kinds of what debate? Huh? I said debate. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um. <laughs> oh. Okay. Welcome to this week's Corbin has feelings, a segment which is apparently multiple paragraphs long. I wrote that. I haven't here. even seen. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a lot here. This just appeared which... in my notes. <laughs> Corbin, oh, what do you have wow. feelings about today? Yeah. Uh, so there was. <laughs> There was one to, line. Okay, I, I want you to snip that out as as the bumper for this segment. Just, Me saying, Corbin, what do you have feelings about today? And you going, nah. <laughs> and then I want that as a ringtone. <laughs> a ringtone? Whenever, whenever you text me, I want my phone to go, nah. Why? <laughs> Only when you text me. And then but I'll know it's why? you. Why? Anyways, moving along. What, <laughs> what do you have feelings about? So there is, at the very end of the episode, like, she kills the guy. He kills himself, basically bombs his DNA. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the dude kicks him off of the crane. Right. And just in the worst tone possible, the doctor says, like, you had no right to kick him off. Uh, yeah. What? Kind of did. Plus, he <laughs> teleported away after. Uh-huh. So, A, he teleported away. B, he was hunting that guy. Going I think he had him. some right. C, Self-defense has to come in there somewhere, right? Yeah. See, he was dead already. Yeah. He just had his DNA torn to shreds. This guy is going to die so soon. he's teleporting away. He's so teleporting if he falls, away. it's fine. He's already dying. Yeah. All he did was make him have a little bit of a fall before <laughs> he gets away. Yeah. And also, like, granted, that was not his intention. He didn't know he was going to kick him over and then he, and then he was going to teleport it away. Still, he was, he he was, was trying to kill him, yeah. but perhaps justifiably, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So I said this at the end of the episode and you were like, oh, uh, but it's, he did it to himself. About the DNA bombs? Uh, with the DNA bombs. Yeah. No, no. I was, I was giving you what she would have said. Yeah. Which yeah. that is, why does it matter if if he clearly has shown the intent to like kill all these people, and instead he ends up dead, why does it matter if he pulled the switch, pulled the lever? That's the if he pulled the lever, or if someone else did that 
like finally killed him. Why does it matter? I, I've had a problem with this for a long time. I think we may have sort of touched on this here and there. Here's, here's what it seems like. Okay. It seems like the doctor is against violence, Mm -hmm. weapons, war, killing, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Right. Traps and taking Mm -hmm. advantage of people unless they do it to themselves. They're pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Because in which case the 10th doctor might commit genocide. Genocide. Yeah. Or might lock you at the event horizon of a black hole for all of time. That's just like torture endlessly. Yeah. um, Totally fine. Or or use regeneration energy to blow your entire race out of the sky. Perfectly fine. As in the 11th doctor. Um, but one thing that is, and, and like, okay, you can say, you, you can look at that and you can say, okay, flaw, right? That is the doctor not living up to their standards. You, you can, you can argue that I, I, right, wrong or otherwise you can argue that. But where I have the problem is that it seems like in general, the doctor has, the doctor has a standard, right? Don't kill violence is bad, right? And we all are flawed people. And we do things that we think are wrong all the time. Like we make mistakes or we purposefully do the wrong thing for the wrong reason. And we're wrong for it, right? So that's, you know, killing the the spider babies. And, you know, that's yeah. all of those things, okay? All right, fine, whatever. But it seems to me that within the code of ethics for the doctor, violence is wrong unless you can turn their weapon on them. Which? Huh? Yeah. That like, doesn't make sense. I, and that's that, the problem. That is that a I trap. Have. That is a trap to yeah. intentionally plant the bombs on him yeah. so that when it's he activates like it, kind of it'll explode him. A choice, him. Yeah. But like she knew yeah. the answer. Yeah. That was and, a trap. And the only. Sometimes, sometimes the doctor like gives the baddie one last opportunity, right? I'm going to give you one chance to leave this planet before I murder your entire civilization, right? Basically. But doesn't say, I'm giving you one last chance before I murder you and all of your known associates. (laughs) Just, I'm giving you one chance. And it's almost like the doctor is probing for their character. Are they the type that's going to show mercy or change their ways or are they just evil? And if they're evil, then it's totally okay for me to murder them with their own weapon. That's okay. And I have, I, I, Corbin, I'm with you on this. I know it sounds like I'm disagreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you because yeah. it, to me, that's what it sounds, that's what it seems like. Cause we've seen the doctor do this. Multiple incarnations of the doctor have taken a, an enemy's weapon, trap, whatever, and secretly switched it so that it was going to work on them and then sort of like, I'm going to give you one last chance. Yeah. But not said, I'm going to give you one last chance. And if you fail that chance, by the way, don't push the button because it's going to kill you instead of all of us. Doesn't say that just kind of says, if you act on your worst impulses and you decide to kill all of us, it's I'm rubber, your glue. That's basically Mm -hmm. what it is. It's galactic. I'm rubber, your glue. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I can get on board with it 
as a consistent ethic. Yeah. And I genuinely think that if they have a button and it's going to kill all these people and she switches it so instead it's going to kill the person who presses the button, then once you've pressed it, even if it, like, doesn't kill them for some reason, then killing them is no different than them dying because they pressed yeah, the it, button. It, it's the intention. Oh, we're, okay, so now we're back to the original problem of yeah. the guy. Yes, I, yes. He exactly. basically just, like, murdered it's, himself with these bombs, and then he gets kicked <clears> off. It was but, the intention. She knew the answer to the question before she asked it. She knew that she knew he, he wasn't, wasn't going to change. change. Right. So here's the thing. Corbin, you said he killed himself, but that's like the most not gracious interpretation of yeah. that situation. I don't believe on that the doctor's part either. I know, I know, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing is, it's it to me, it's kind of crap for the doctor to say you had no right to kill that man. If someone then turned to her and said, "You blew him up with a DNA bomb," mm-hmm. and she goes, "Hey." I didn't I push didn't the button. Do it. He Corbin, he killed himself. Okay, in a cosmic karma kind it's of like a way, maybe. Up, it's like setting up landmine. Someone steps on the landmine. Well, they chose to step there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's more like it's more <laughs> they like they chose to walk it's into more the like trap. Welding the end of a of a gun shut so that if they pull the trigger, it backfires into their own face. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like Oh, yeah. well, they killed... They're the ones who pulled the trigger. Yeah, but, like, you're the one who turned the barrel around and pointed it at their face. Like, I don't know you get to go <laughs> scot-free on You that. are not immune in this situation. Yeah. It's... Okay. Can... Could we be okay? Could we be okay if the doctor's ethic was, I'm allowed to reverse the polarity on your trap and make it so that it's going to affect you without telling you give you one last chance to turn good, and then if you don't take it, you inadvertently kill yourself, and yet call themselves a pacifist. Are we okay with that? As long as she doesn't then immediately turn around and say to the guy, you you had no right to do that? And people who carry knives are idiots? If she she keeps it as a, "This, this is an okay thing, like I do this, this is an okay thing, the fact that she brings it up as a flaw for yes. that yeah. character. For you puny humans who are not as uh, evolved as us Time Lords. Like, that's the thing that bothers me is if, if, if she said that – if yeah, I lost the train of thought. It's just the doctor acts so high and mighty that's what it all is. the time that's about what, yeah. not killing people when she is clearly oh. – Killing them. I, I know what I was going to say now. Only idiots carry knives because apparently really smart people socially engineer their enemies to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, what? How's that? Yeah. How's that the the, Idiot, the more noble idiots choice? Idiots carry knives yeah. so that the non-idiots can flip them around. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the idiots out there yeah, so carry that a smart, the knives so, so that, that a smart, smart people, people can, can use our them. sonic to make the knife stab you when yeah. you try and stab me somehow. I just, if she didn't try and act like she wasn't the one killing them, like, she always tries to act like they're bringing about their own downfall. And, like, in a sense, they are. But you can't say, I didn't do this. They did it. You did do this, okay? And and there have been a few, I, I can't even think of specific examples, but I know they're out there. There have been a few occasions where the doctor simply 
didn't prevent the bad guy from destroying themselves. And that's different. And that is different. That is, the, yeah. like you said, they destroyed themselves. Like if the doctor their wasn't plan, there, it would have gone exactly the same. Yeah, their plan was going to result in their own destruction and she didn't stop it. That's different than their plan was designed to destroy one thing and you turned it around on them. That's that's a little different. Anyways, hey guys, News in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. Do you like their, sh- the, what? Do you like our show as much as they do? Then support us. Noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. We're running out of time. Hey, Classic Who Connections, let's hear what Jared has to say today. Hello, Noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for the woman who fell to Earth. Here we are, the 13th Doctor. I cannot believe myself. Uh, I don't know why I can't believe myself. Uh... I can't believe what I'm saying. I think that's what I meant to say there. But anyway, it's exciting. Uh, it's kind of fun. I I heard a lot about the 13th Doctor. Um, as maybe we talked about on the show, maybe we didn't. I sort of trailed off with the 12th Doctor. My son had lost interest in the show. I got busy. Life happened. And so I was uh, the, the last... Uh, most of uh, the last season was new to me, and so, um, of course, hearing lots of, uh, I'll just say positive and negative about the 13th Doctor, it's finally here to, it's fun to be here and see it for myself, and spoiler alert for my rating at the end, I enjoyed this one. Uh, it To me, it had, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's do the Classic Who Connections. There's not a ton of them. Uh, let's get through those. Uh, the Doctor, again, has a northern accent, uh, which, of course, was most famous with the Ninth Doctor, but the Eighth Doctor had a northern accent. I didn't really notice that. The Ninth Doctor, I definitely noticed it. Thirteenth Doctor, I noticed it. Eighth, eighth Doctor didn't stand out to me, but maybe that just shows that I'm not an expert on British accents, which is absolutely true. So, uh, anyway, the Eighth Doctor had a northern accent, so then it becomes a classic Who connection there. Uh, the Doctor also fell from a really tall height in Legopolis, the serial Legopolis. That's the fourth Doctor just before uh, regenerating into the fifth Doctor, uh, fell from a really tall tower. Now, he survived that fall differently. He survived because of regenerating. So, uh, different circumstances, but it kind of, you know, the wiki I had that in in its notes, continuity notes. So, I feel like uh, close enough, especially because we don't have a whole lot of connections here. Uh, we have the, the Doctor again having memory loss after regeneration. Uh, I think the memory loss actually is only the eighth Doctor that we saw in Classic Who. Uh, we, we saw it, it knocking out or, or basically sapping the energy from uh, Classic Doctors before. But uh, I think the memory loss was just the eighth Doctor. Uh, and then the seventh Doctor met a creature named Kane in the colony Ice World. Yes, it's a colony named Iceworld, and and a, a ship, too. Um, it's a fifth, do- it's seventh Doctor serial. Actually, you, the, the noobs in the Whovian, at least, may enjoy it, because it's Ace, once again, and the seventh Doctor. That was their favorite classic Doctor, I think, so far, and possibly favorite uh, companion that they met, uh, classic Who companion. But anyway, uh, so, Kane on the Colony Iceworld, he could also kill with an icy touch. You know, his touch... He could kind of control it. Uh, he could put people in a frozen state, uh, you know, kind of cry- cryogenic state. But he could also kill just with his touch. In the serial, ironically named Dragonfire, but that's because they were looking for Dragonfire to fight Kane with. So Kane was the baddie. Anyway, uh, so those are the classic Who connections. Um, 
I had fun with this. I, I felt like it had a, a, a feel, it, going back to a feel that sort of bridges uh, the end of Classic Who, the latter Classic Who, Fifth, Sixth, Seventh Doctor, Classic Who, and and Ninth Doctor. I felt like we we're going back to a different feel of the Doctor, maybe a little more lighthearted, not quite so dark, a little more, uh, uh, you know, well, high energy, maybe you could say, but uh, even with more of a modern, um, you, you know, modern feel, of course, still uh, a modern take on all that. So uh, I just I had fun uh, with it. I, I'm uh, getting to know a new doctor. Never my favorite. I, I mean, I'm not obviously doctors regenerate. That's part of the show. Um, and, you know, I'm not a not my doctor kind of person. I have my favorites. But uh, anyway, so I'm uh, I, I'm getting to know her and getting to uh, getting a feel for her yet. So I'll reserve judgment on whether I think she's a great uh, you know that she ranks high or not, but um, the 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 short of it is, and I've said it a number of times already. It was just it was fun. It was a fun episode to watch. It had its creepiness. It had its adventure. Uh, I thought it was well done. So uh, I'm giving it eight out of ten. Doctors who were white-haired Scotsmen half an hour ago. Just love that line. And uh, creep levels. Uh, I'm giving a hundred creep levels. Uh, the the the. Um, energy snakes, <laughs> whatever we want to call them, you know, especially right there on the train. Those are pretty creepy looking, um, you know, just the, the whole, well, you guys have probably already gone into it. So um, I'm giving 100 there for the creep levels. So thanks to the uh, TARDIS Wikia. Thanks to the News and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Jared, I can't believe you either. Or something. <laughs> I can't b- believe what you're saying or what he said he couldn't believe himself oh yeah it was like it's the 13th doctor i can't believe my self wait what (laughs) (laughs) he can't believe he's saying that is what he is what he yeah um at any rate um he uh, scored pretty high um trip what do you what do you think overall he gave it eight out of ten i think i'm honestly gonna go a little higher because like i feel like they worked a lot on like the special effects and i think they like they really wrote this to its fullest and I do like a little bit longer episodes so that we can have kind of more explaining and I like how they introduced this doctor and like new Sonic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I like not having the escape route of the TARDIS and being able to be yeah. like, yeah, we can just take him somewhere else or something. Yeah. I, and I do like the the crane scene where they're like trying to swing the cranes and then like Going like the just jump way. across and yeah. You know. <laughs> so I, I think I'm gonna go nine out of ten um, unhinged jaws. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, oh. Uh, Corbin, what do you think? I thought it was good too. Like I didn't. There was the one line. And that line <laughs> was by far the worst part of this episode, but. You know, it was still a good episode overall, and I really like the new filming style. It yeah. really does just look like a full-on movie like now. A movie, yeah. And it was like an hour long, yeah, too. Yeah, so. little, and I, I don't remember if that's standard. I think it was just because it was a, a new, uh, like a season premiere. Um, yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. that they're all an hour long. I think they go back That'd to the 42 minutes. Um, yeah, that would be quite a lot. <laughs> so I, I might kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine you guys can 
not not want to watch. But um, I thought it, I'm gonna I'm gonna say eight out of ten Hershey kisses, stone cold Hershey kisses. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Dude, I haven't done it in a long time. Two out of ten. I'm gonna give it ten. Out. Two out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten Jody scrunches. Uh, um. Uh. Jody scrunches. Jody, uh, sorry, scrunches. scrunches, scrunches, scrunches. Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, and until Corbin, until you said that one line was the worst part of this episode, I was sitting here thinking, I can't think of anything I would have liked to have seen done better, and that line is not a problem with this episode. No, that line is a it's problem a, with problem this with show. The doctor, yeah, <laughs> it's a problem with this series. Also, it's the quickest edit ever. Just. Like Literally. chop it chop, right before that. she says yeah. that. Yeah, there and, you go. Um, yeah, because there like, wasn't even like any consequences after that. Or no, she didn't like banish him from Earth or something. <laughs> Wait, um, like in retribution, you shall now die. Um, <laughs> Wait, but it'll be because of your own doing. Kicking him is going to make you fall backwards off the other way. Logic. <laughs> you did it to yourself. You brought this upon yourself. Um, no, but seriously, I mean, yes, the the music, the sound effects, the special effects, the cinematography. Um, yes, this was a dark episode. A lot of it was at night, um, but it worked. It was cool because when it was dark and it needed to be creepy, it was very creepy. Oh yeah, and that, um, and that one scene where he's like throwing the um, like yeah, just chucking salad. tomatoes. Yeah, eat moss salad. Oh, what? Yeah. Who <laughs> was that? Oh, gosh, I forgot about him. Was that guy? Okay, <laughs> British listeners, do? listeners overseas, and Jared who lived overseas for a little while. Is this a thing? Do do, do Brits walk down the street angry that there's tomato in their salad and, and just, just throwing, throwing it on the ground? And people. then when you come across a guy in a very scary looking outfit, you go, hey, you know what I'm going to do in this dark alley? Or now it wasn't an alley, but in this you know dark rain gutter that I'm walking through uh, to this very tall and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. imposing figure. I'm going to throw food at him and just see what happens and then immediately die. Um, yeah, but at any rate, um, and that's, again, not a problem with this episode. That was great. That was hilarious. As weird as it was, was it was great. Um, I loved that guy. He was such a non sequitur. It did not belong anywhere. Eat my salad. That I'm just going to start using that as an insult now. I was going to be like, you don't like it? Eat my salad. Ugh. And like <laughs> throw an invisible tomato at your face. Keep an extra tomato in your back pocket, and like a. That's bag what I'm going to do something. from now on. In, in his back in a, pocket, in a plastic bag. Yeah. Um, at any rate, so much <laughs> of this is so good. Now, I know that that gives me no way to go up as the season progresses, but <laughs> I think that's okay because I, I feel like you know, like the eleventh hour, I still think is one of, if not the best, of eleven stories. I maybe not the best. But I would I would still say that Eleventh Hour still stands as the greatest regeneration episode. This one is a close yeah. second. Mm-hmm. This one is a close second. So so good. This one stomps it to death in terms of production value. Um, but um, the story is great. The character development is great. We get emotionally invested in a in a crazy guy with a salad, as well as uh, a grandpa guarding the shack, um, just to have them immediately killed. We get emotionally invested in a little sister who we never meet, but we know was was taken by Simshaw, and that's why that guy was on a mission to find her, and 
he died for that and lost a tooth and all the things. Um, we get enough backstory of the companions that we want to know more. Um, you're like, we established some stuff. We had three, sorry, we had four companions to get to know this episode on top of a new doctor. Yeah. And a new villain we've never seen before. I mean, we could have done shorthand and, and had it be the Cybermen so we don't have to introduce this new baddie of the week. But no, we did all of that too. Um, covered so much ground. Even had the uh, memorial for Grace. Mm-hmm. She didn't just die yeah. and then that's it. We went to her memorial. There's a lot that happened in this. We got the fact that Ryan's dad didn't show up to his own mom's funeral. So, so much going on here. So, at any rate... 10 out of 10. My creep level, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to go like 300. I think this was above <laughs> middle ground. The, 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 uh, ball of electric eels was, was creepy and it was increasingly creepy. You know, it was like barely visible flashes of light. And then as it got oh, closer, yeah. it got more horrifying. Um, you know, Simshaw's face is, is going to haunt me tonight, uh, in my dreams. So I'm going to go 300 out of 500. Corbin. I really do think, Simshaw's face was disturbing was and a, so well done. It, it was yes. a bit. It was a bit much. It was a, so realistic. It's like they they like put slime on his face and stuff. Yeah, he was always glistening. He was it. moist. Ah. <laughs> Self moistening. Disgusting. <laughs> why is that worse? <laughs> and why is it? Why do they stick to him? That's what I want to know. Is he like jamming him into his muscles? It really did look like, like he was shoving them in. Yeah, he just it almost looks like if he head butted you, it would be like he bit you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what's your creep level? <laughs> uh, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna say a hundred. Trip, what about you? I think this should have been scarier, and they should have put the faces in. I'm gonna uh, go seventy-five. I disagree. This this was not scary. The, you're li- the you're ball of eels was. It was scary at first, and I thought it was gonna be scarier. It's just kind of a ball. When yeah, once you see it's just a ball, that's not really spooky anymore uh so we didn't have any listener input this week so that that raises the question where are you guys at um we want to hear from you what did you think of the new doctor so far um do you got any theories about what's coming our way speaking of theories um like i said there's no overarching thing so let me throw this at you because you guys brought it up will uh will they or won't they i hope i i hope that I they don't not. like hook up because yeah. I feel like it is possible. Again, family shows, so we know they're not going to hook up. But well, yeah, <laughs> well, whatever. Become a couple for sure. It is possible for two people of the opposite gender and similar age to just be friends, and I yeah. really hope they can just wait, be friends. Wait, what? <laughs> That's possible on a TV show. Well, I know TV shows don't seem to believe this, but. I hope they don't, Absolutely but I, I kind of think they, they, they are going to be a couple at some point. So. I, I think it's going to be a will they, won't they the whole season and we're <laughs> not going to get an answer. That that would be kind of funny. <laughs> just, it's, it's just going to be a question for, and it's just never going to be resolved. It's like the first half of a romance movie for the entire season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, guys, uh, that brings us down to the game plan and keeping with our emergency plans. Next, oh, oh, wait, 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 Jared, will they or won't they? Yeah, give us oh, an update. Got to tell us, Jared. Um, 
you know what? Because of some wibblies and some wobblies, I think he's already given us his next uh, segment. So Jared, as you're listening to this, make yourself a mental note that next time <laughs> for episode three, you need to give us your theory on whether whether they will or won't become a couple. Uh, so yes. in keeping with our current emergency plans, guys, next week we are not uh, doing a timey-wimey. I don't, that, that should have been deleted. Anyways, um, we are continuing on with our regular schedule. So we are uh, charging forward season 11, episode two, The Ghost Monument. And um, this is another fun one. This is, this is a romp. This is an adventure. It's fun stuff. Guys, News in the Hoobian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this guy, Thing One. <laughs> I'm Trip. Your production editor is the other one. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout out to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You want to join them? Go to NoobsInTheHoobian.com where you can find our links to our social media, our Patreon, our email address, and a big fat subscribe button where you can subscribe, leave us a rating, and share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Live from Master Closet Studios. Trip sounds like this sometimes. I sound like I sound like a typing keyboard. You sign like a what now? He looks very small. I sound like a typing keyboard. You look very small. You speak sign language. You suck anyways.